0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I got a little bit of an interesting situation for you. So we usually interview a guest who helps us uh, get a window into how other people live their lives. But on this episode, I don't have a guest this week, so Instead of doing a clip show, as I've done before, or rewind doing a full Detox Rewind and replaying another episode, I decided to instead take an appearance that I've done on someone else's podcast and cut it for this show specifically. So it is a Detox Rewind a little bit, but it's a little bit different than the ones we've done in the past, which have just been recut versions or replayed versions of Detox podcast episodes. So the episode that you're about to hear is an appearance that I made on the podcast called The Reality Is, T-H-A, Reality Is, episode 170, Blacklash, featuring Joe Shaw. It originally aired on February 11th, 2018. So you've heard Anthony Roberts on the show before. I've done a couple of different episodes with him, episode 201, It's All a Game, and then I forget the other one, but it was last year. So Anthony's been on the show a couple of times, and he's a very good friend of mine. Um, I met him through also former guest of the podcast, Frank Minicon. So when Frank recommended I listen to Anthony's podcast, I listened to it, I liked what I heard, and I reached out asking if I could appear on his show. So I did. We were able to meet in person in a studio and it was a really great conversation. So we talked about modern parenting styles, raising kids who truly understand diversity differences in uh, different parenting styles. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So again, If you like what you hear, you should definitely go subscribe to The Reality Is anywhere you get your podcast. That's T-H-A Reality Is. And this episode you're about to hear is episode from their show, episode 170, Blacklash, featuring Joe Shaw, which originally aired on February 11th, 2018. Now, before I get into this, I do want to let you know that today's Sponsors of the podcast are Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% profit goes to LGBTQ organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S N U F F Y dot C O. The owner and operator of Snuffy is a good friend of the podcast, Nick Silvestri, who designed the Detox Podcast logos. So if you like the logo, you want to go check it out, support it, Snuffy.co. This podcast is also brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on nostalgia overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, if this is your first time coming to the Detox Podcast, welcome. We appreciate it, and if you are a returning listener... Welcome back. We hope that the next hour, 45 minutes, whatever, however long this episode is, is an opportunity for you to kick back, relax, forget about life for just a little bit, and detox with the Detox Podcast. Again, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, review the podcast, share it with a friend. Anything you can do to help out independent podcasts such as this one are greatly appreciated. So We'll be back next week with another great conversation, but for now, enjoy this Rewind of Joe Shaw of The Detox Podcast on Anthony Roberts' show, The Reality Is, from back on February 11th, 2018. What's going on, my name is Joe Shaw and I host the music podcast, After the Encore. After the Encore is a long form, a career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, or even artists that were featured on the TV show, The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family. Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today.
1: What up, world? This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct. Today's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, your voice, your independence, your platform. So join us as we work to build a listener and podcaster centric podcast ecosystem by going to www.blogtalkradio.com. This episode is also brought to you by Take Action Apparel and Gear, the brainchild of actor Gabriel Silva, to stand up against bullying through fashion and accessories that let you be you. You can be a patron and support this cause by going to www.takeactiongear.com and purchase something to support the cause. Now today we've been off the we've been off the air for what, about two weeks, Artesia? You yeah, got to bring yeah. that mic up. Come we on. We're playing like you have never been in here. Before. Don't get scared. I, no, yeah, no, don't no, get no. scared. We got confidence, but don't start acting like that. <laughs> no, today. No,
2: I wasn't planning on being on this episode. No, you weren't. OK, but we haven't been in the studio for two weeks. We've done an episode in between. We did songs. a real spill. We'll yes. be
1: doing um, another one today. My, I sound like I'm uh, what's the, my levels are high. Am I too high? Okay, Sound maybe good. it's just in my head. Yeah. Okay, so we got a guest in the house today, man, from Detox, which is dad talk about life, kids, and stuff. We have one of the co-hosts on there. Are you the main host or co-host?
0: We are. Uh, we're all equal. Okay. We're all equal hey, co-hosts. That. That's a good thing. Like so this
1: is Joe Shaw. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Welcome you. to The Reality Is. What I love about Joe is, how many episodes (laughs) have you listened to already? I I had my phone up to show you the list. (laughs) I closed it. it I
0: went back. I mean, well, I'll tell you what. What I do at work is I sit at a computer and I do a lot of processing. Right. And so I always look for podcasts that I can kind of have on in the background Mm -hmm. and gives me a good pace. Mm -hmm. And some people, it has good content, but it's up and down. It's all over and I can't listen to it. But y'all's podcast is a good base level that it just like. And it's engaging conversation. So yeah. even when I'm like focused on something else, it's filtering into my subconsciousness and yeah. it leaves me marinating on different ideas and Marinate. topics. I like that. Yeah. And yeah. for those who don't
1: know, Joe is but, white and we're okay with it. This, you know what? Is Joe the first white person that's been on this show? I think so. And the reason I say that is because I always hear people say, why don't you have more Hispanics? Why don't you have more whites? And Or I get asked, is this a black-only show? And I'm like, this ain't BET. (laughs) I don't care who comes on my show. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I don't care who comes on my show. It's all about if you come on, can you be transparent? What are you bringing to the table? And then how are you going to perform when you're behind the mic? I can already Joe reminds me of NPR just by his voice. This <laughs> sounds very professional and he and you know he doesn't use the uhs and the ums, and I'm glad to have you here man. I appreciate. It. I'm glad to be here. I'm so, excited. I, I met you through Frank. Yes. And everybody knows Frank. You know, I crack jokes all the time on, <laughs> on, the, on the podcast about Frank. Frank, and man, my of melanin origin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that's, how, I, um, that's how I met Joe, man. But I wanted to talk about, like, what made you want to get into podcasting? Because when I was researching and I looked at your LinkedIn page, I was like, okay, like, your job that you're showing now is, like, you doing podcasting. Right. So what made you really want to get into it and how did Detox podcast come about?
0: So that's a good question. So when... I first became a new dad, all I did was I went, I'm going to be a very involved father and I want to know what resources are out there for me when I have questions, when I have concerns, just kind of prepping, understanding what's coming up. Mm -hmm. And there's not, there's very few dad only resources. There's a lot for moms and there's a lot for parents in general. But what I found in my personal experience is dads that I know, including myself, that want to be involved when they can't find the resources, they either push through it and just say, whatever, I'll just take what I can get. And then there are others that will fade into the background and say, I'm going to defer to the mom and let her dictate how parenting should go because I don't feel confident in my abilities. And so I said, this isn't right. So when I became a new dad, I reached out to my buddy, Galan, who's another co-host. And he has a daughter that's two and a half years older than my oldest child. And I said, hey, what do I expect? What's the birth going to look like? What are some things? And he's like, well, the best thing I can tell you is that this is my experience and it could be totally different, but here's something for you to at least take with you when you prep. And that was helpful. And so I found myself going back to him more and more. And then when my daughter was one and a half, I had other new dads that were reaching out to me as well on similar stuff. And I went, you know, there should be, there should be a way for us to consolidate our yeah. knowledge and put it out there for people to be able to grab and use whenever. Yeah. And I knew Galan had done a podcast previously and he'd had experience. I said, Hey, what if we just do a podcast? Let's just talk. Let's just put our stories out there and advice. And then People can take from that what they want. What the, yeah. And he said, that's a great idea. And let me pull in my buddy John, who has no kids. And I said, wait a minute, what? This is a dad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, John, who is his best friend, did the podcast with him before, his o- old podcast. And he said, John has no kids, is single, has no desire to have kids but he can comment on the choices we make with our kids and it provides a good engaging dialogue. So I need you. And and I know we talked about it
1: before about bringing them all in the studio wasn't big enough. So I was like, we're going to get you to filter in. Sure. I want to definitely work on doing that soon. And I think, I think his podcast is a great idea because like you said, everything is servicing women mm-hmm. and it's nothing against that. Right. You know, girl right. power, whatever the case yes, may be. But I talked to her all the time about how I feel like men are left out. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. in this movement of feminism where women are picking up steam and I think they should be paid the same if they're doing the same job, so on and so forth. I do agree with those things, mm-hmm. but I think with the me too movements and everything else going on, it's like, but what about the good dudes out there? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause y'all like we get clumped into a pile of, ain't shit right. and we can't do nothing and we ain't good for nothing besides having sex and giving money. And it's like, but it it, it is good brothers out there.
2: And that's what I was yeah. going to say. Even for me as a reminder, when I had my kids dealing with their father, my ex-husband, he started to get a lot, a lot, a lot of shine by him just simply being involved. And I yeah, was like, right. He's not doing anything but what he's supposed to be doing. But it's so many guys that don't Don't even do that. Especially in the black demographic. In the
1: black demographic, we talk about it all the time, how we feel like we, okay, this is weird. Because normally when we talk about race, we never have a white person in the room (laughs) to actually address it. And that's what I like about Joe because, like I said, as he went through back through podcasts, (laughs) he would check back with me and be like, hey, I didn't even know this, or this is great, so on and so forth. But in the black community, like, what, what was my thought? I know you sipping. Are you drunk yet?
2: I'm not drunk. I am inebriated. So what I'm was I saying?
1: Because I went off point.
2: You were about to make some comparison <laughs> between black uh, and white. I mean, but the that's a real yeah. Okay, so it, it does happen
1: because black fathers, you know, a lot of times yeah. they leave the household and a lot, a lot of the state of black American things that are going on is because of black men.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's sometime and this is not an excuse because sometimes it is because of the circumstances that the white forefathers placed on them systemically uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. and then some right. of it is you become aware of it and some of them are just still doing the shit exactly. you're still leaving your kids high and dry you know we'll get to that on the next episode about yeah. me, my father yeah. you know but it's like we got to do better right but yeah. men don't get enough and I, it was one thing when i first started dating you mm-hmm. i remember seeing how engaged her ex-husband was with the kids and i was like He's a good guy. Right. Yeah, like but not just you. because he's black. I was like, he's a good guy. He's a good yeah. guy. Even you the in the
2: beginning though, you were like, he's just doing what he's supposed to do, and I that's something that. that I had to mm-hmm. get past. too. I because- felt like he
1: was trying to get back to the box. I'm no. <laughs> <say. I> mean <laughs> he probably was. Yeah, you know what I'm
3: saying. And, and he was. I felt like he was. I mean, that's so okay. I'm like you know, just take care of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I'm playing. <laughs> leave that to me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's something that I had to remind myself of too, because as a mom, it's like you automatically expect things to be a certain way yeah and so when you feel left out of certain situations where people are on social media like oh you're such a great dad mm-hmm. and oh this and oh that it's like you know what let him have it shine because he is a good guy yeah
1: and, and you know i think that also i talked to my wife about this and i think i'm pretty sure i put it out on the on the pod i mean uh, on the group me one time i asked a question like should people get recognized for doing the things that they're supposed to do, you yeah. know, because mm-hmm. it was a conversation between me and my wife <clears throat> where, like, I'll do something or something to be done, and then she'll say – or she, may, she might be commenting on somebody else. She yeah. might say, well, that's what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, that's the dad. He's picking them up. Like, she goes out of town, like, my, my wife be traveling. Yeah. And so the her friends are always asking her, hey, where the kids at? They're with their father. Mm-hmm, what do you mean? You <laughs> know, <laughs> are they okay with the dad? What do you mean are they okay? <laughs> if they weren't okay, I wouldn't have married them, you right. know. Yeah. But it's, it's like people – people have a, an issue with giving people credit for the things that they feel like they're supposed to be doing. And I think yeah. we have to be a little bit more careful. about. But that. we're all supposed to be doing something. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, like Absolutely. when you go to work, you are supposed to do your job, mm-hmm. Right. but we all know the only thing that makes people happier than higher pay is being appreciated. Right. So it's simply about a pre, key. even though you're doing that's your key. job, it's hard work to be a father. It's hard yep. work to be a mother. I'm mm-hmm. neither one of them, but I see it and right. it's hard work. So, yeah. You talked about modern uh, parenting styles. Yep. And I had a couple of questions because I'm not a parent. Sure. You know, but I do a lot of times when we're watching TV, you know, and, and the black people in the room will get it and maybe the Hispanic. and Oh, no, the Mexican in the other room. We will not say Hispanic. <laughs> no, we will. Yeah, but the Mexican in the other room, maybe the parenting styles are different to where sometimes I know when I'm watching a TV show, like maybe, I don't know, like something like a white show mm-hmm. and it's white kids and it's white families. Right. And it's like a white kid will say something to their parent and I'm like, fuck not in a black yeah, house. Like, yeah. That shit is not happening. But as I've gotten older, cause you know, I was raised where, you know, what is it? Spare to ride. Spare the, the child. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, you know, you got your ass. Well, if you did something wrong. You go right. pick out your own switch. And mm-hmm. as I got older, I was like, the way white people parent their kids is not bad. It's just about how much handholding are you doing? Mm-hmm. But the way sometimes some parents i have white parents I've seen, uh, discipline our children like talking to them right. and just letting them know what they did wrong instead of whooping their ass like they're a dog right. after yeah. they piss within a certain time frame to say right. well, I'm whooping you because you pissed on the floor. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you parent your child as far or discipline your children yeah. as far as like you know if they do something wrong is it you know old school get your own switch or is it more let me let you know why I'm mad at you and you know go from there.
0: No that's a really good question that was something that I know we struggled about when we were first coming into kind of the conflict situation and what we kept coming back to and what we've seen works for our kids. And I always like to preface this on my podcast, what I do can change, you know, and also what I do does not work for everybody else. But what I do is I will sit down and I'll talk to, not always sit down and have a full conversation, but I'll explain. I'll say, look, we're upset with you because you didn't follow instructions. Like that's what we're always like. You didn't follow instructions. We set out the plan. We kind of treat them as like, we're managers in a company and they're the employees and yeah. we're like, look, these were the guidelines. We told you about this. We gave you a warning and now these are the consequences. You lose a privilege. Yeah. So we always, we take away privileges Yeah, and then that holds more weight from what we've seen. Yeah, um, There's been a couple of times where it's like, you know, tempers get bad. She's not listening and you do like a little pop. Yeah. And then the times that I've done that versus the times that I've just sat down and talked with her and taken away a privilege, like she reads two books before bed and I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna take away one book. Yeah. Then... The results are more, she's more likely to not do it the next time. So that threw me off. Like uh, It's because kid, it's oh. a cause and effect. Like we you're teaching the black kid, like <laughs> you want to take a book? Cool. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. worry about it. As long as you ain't taking a video <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave a video yeah. I know. I, not, I know. Because ra- ra- sure. that's how that's she nice. raises yeah. her right. kids the same way. I'm a talker.
2: So. my kids know if they get a whipping from me. And I, can, I don't even remember when I whooped my kids. You, but whoop, if they get you, one, you whooped Tania
1: a couple yeah. of months back, and you caught me crying. Yeah, I did. And I was like, if what they the get fuck is for, going on around here? <laughs> if, <laughs> if they
2: get one from me, they know that they have, they've done the worst right, thing exactly. possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm a talker. I like to explain what they did wrong and talk about why they did it yeah. and tell them why they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, I'm
1: the same way too, and I, I think that uh, you whoop I, your kids. No, no, I, I, your kids I, are I too whoop beautiful, them. man. No, I, will <laughs> like whoop I just think. I will whoop See, them. See, them. That's the "Thing, you but can't I let the, the beauty fool you." I know yeah, cause, cause cause his little yeah, girl, though, me. his little girl would have me, man. Yeah, you'll never, you'll never touch them if it goes like that. But yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, I was talking to another parent, and and they sounded real frustrated about the things that were going on with their children. And I told them just to, when it comes to the, the subject of disciplining, like whooping, I told them just to make sure they have the distinction, make sure that. If you are gonna whoop them, you're whooping them for something they did. You're not whooping them because of the level of your frustration that, about right, what they did. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, th- I think a lot of parents, especially in a black community, will whip them out of frustration of how we're feeling. Yeah. And know?
0: I'll and I'll tell you a lot of times that I've seen in other parents, um, is the fact that when you get to that point, a lot of parents start feeling embarrassed or like or if they're they're being called into question and the oh, worst physically. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, okay, yeah, Right. Yeah. And so the worst thing you can do is give into those feelings and emotions and take it out on the child. The yeah. best thing you can do is say, we're going to discuss this at home them out of wherever they are. Yeah. You know, a uh, perfect example, my kid threw a fit in the middle of a store once <laughs> and I was in the checkout line. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And I said, you know, you're, you're not supposed to throw a fit. We're in public. This is not what we do. And see, those are the prime times where black
1: people will <laughs> see y'all and be like, this nigga talking to her. No, I did the same
2: thing because my son did it. Grab that like, Yeah, but I just gave him a look. But you know and we've had instantly... those times.
1: But you know we've had times where we, you know, like or it's even been videos. Mm-hmm. You know where right. black people are in stores and it's like they're videoing
0: white people talking to their kids and it's like you talking to this little motherfucker <laughs> like he's an adult. <laughs> but I, but I tell you what, my child, like I talk, I talk to her like she's an adult, and I've done that since she's barely been able to talk and she we were at a party the other day and she was speaking in full fluid sentences Uh having a full conversation with everybody all the adults and people were like is she five i'm like she's two she's two and i know know
1: it does because i've had conversations like when i was doing um when i was going to school for teaching at first and Mm -hmm. i was doing my internship and i remember going to schools like talking to the black kids and it's nothing uh, and this is not me talking about black people it's just talking to them like it's a lot of um, it's a lot of uhs, mm-hmm. it's a lot of not sure what they're thinking. Well, they don't know how to express themselves. A lot of times and they're it's afraid like, to. I know, mm-hmm. but, and it's like with you talking to a white kid, you, I literally have had several full-fledged conversations with little five and six year old white boys <laughs> yeah. and girls, and I'm like, This little motherfucker is intelligent, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, but they, seven know, seven what they, they mm-hmm. know what they want, they know what, and I've always said that about white people. A lot of times, even if you get out of your mindset and get out of your head as black people, you gotta give your kids exposure. Mm-hmm. Like, white people will let their kids go on trips to Europe for two weeks at 16. Mm-hmm. We like. You going to college at eighteen and you're talking about going out of state, you got mothers who will hold and cling mm, right. onto these sons and they making them bitch made men. Yeah. <laughs> because they're not, you know, they're not taking knowing mm-hmm. how to take care of anything because somebody's still pampering them. So I've always applauded to an extent how white people raise their kids mm. because it's advanced.
0: Mm-hmm. It's progressive. One of the, one of the criticisms I will give to other white parents that I see and hang out with on a daily yeah. basis and don't call them out to their face, but I'll do it here is the fact Thank that Thank you, Joe. Yeah, you're in no problem. <laughs> is the fact that a lot of parents will talk not talk down to their children, mm-hmm. but they will act as if their opinion is not at the level of everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And so they will talk and they'll you see this earnestness and frustration in the kid and they're trying to tell a story or get a point across. And the parent will say, That's nice. I'm go over here. Go, yeah. go do this. Very dismissive. Mm-hmm. And I've seen in as the kids grow older, they start becoming a lot more insecure, but introverted Mm -hmm. a lot more introverted and afraid to express their opinions and then you know other white people it's oh let's just cover it up and move on right just cover it up and move on yeah and And not address it i think one of the
1: problems too uh, because i deal with juveniles and a lot of times i try to i try to talk to them and just have a conversation with them that i would have with my kids because my kids have full-blown conversations too Mm -hmm. but uh, one of the things that are glaring to me is even 15 and 16 year olds just having a simple conversation about you know what it is that you want to do with yourself in life and your future um, you know, just articulate it for me. Just have a conversation, right. and they literally will say, you know, I I know what is in my mind, but I can't. I don't know how to say it, you know. And I say, well, okay, let's work on that because you have to be able to communicate with people. Period. Right. You know what I mean? You have exactly. to be able to get your point across. You have to be able to express yourself. And there's just <laughs> lessons that they just haven't learned. Yeah, I, I, you know what though? What what scares me about kids, and and I'm sure are having kids, and you'll know what I'm talking about once I say it. I always think about when I see like the racism in this world uh-huh. and how it's continuously seemingly getting worse yeah i'm like i i I can't i can't bring a kid into this world because i'm so i'm i'm such a protector and you see me go to bat for her a lot of times Mm -hmm. and it's like we're not even together now but it's like i still protect her because it's like that's how strong i feel about the people who are in my circle. So it's like to have a kid, I I just be like, and she said it before too, when it's at the height, like Ferguson, she was like, oh my God, I'm going to jail or I'm dead Mm -hmm. if somebody hurts or kills my kid. And And it's like, how can you not feel that? Like to feel that kind of, bro, I don't want that.
2: And it's difficult. (laughs) But it's it's a beautiful feeling. To have kids. Yeah, I know. It's just
1: because I know, you know, when we went home this weekend for the funeral, I saw my nieces and nephews and I went down there with things and I came back with none of those things. Like if my niece wore my jacket and I tried to get it back, she was like, "I want to keep this. You can get it next time." <laughs> right. Then what else they was I gave jacket. away? You
2: gave your handkerchief away. My handkerchief. Somebody was crying. Yeah, and I was just like,
1: yeah, "I'm coming down." And, and it's then like, you
2: took a picture after the fact, and you were like, "Damn, I needed my handkerchief <laughs> to make the outfit,
1: yeah, to make pop. The outfit right. pop." Yeah, make it pop. But <laughs> it's like that. those. Yeah, but it was like those little things to where it's like yeah. I'm and like my mom always says, you need you need to have a girl. So yeah, you you're get, gonna have to because it's like I am, you know, rough around the edges. Yeah. You know, I yeah. am very harsh. Uh-huh. I'm brute. You know, my niece was telling me the other day. She's uh how old is it now? 14, no, she, 15, 16 Oh, she's sixteen yeah. now. She was telling me that she listens to the podcast, and I was like, "What? Wait a minute. I don't know. If you be, I don't know if you need to know me this way." Yeah. That, that part. Right. Of and yeah. she was like, right. "She was
2: like, Uncle, you crazy." Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? The way I would parent my kids, and I've always said this, I would be like you, like. Not to be funny, if I curse, like when we would be in the car and her kids would listen to the music I was playing and it would be curse words, and she was like, turn it off. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Tony's letting them listen to it. But no, that's
2: the thing, because I was riding in the car one day and a song came on. And my kids were in the back seat, and they were singing it. And I was like, <laughs> where are you from? And my son, he was like, oh, dad lets us listen to it. And I was like, you're not supposed to. He was like, mom, dad already told us it's entertainment only. We know the difference. We're right. good. So now I'm a little bit more lean about the music that I let them listen to. Right.
1: And the thing is that, you know, my kids are the same way. I do pay attention to the type of music I listen to, or mm-hmm. you know, because most of the time it's just. Um, and, and I can admit this. More so with my girl than my boy, <laughs> but yeah. uh, when I'm when I'm with them, I just a straight instrumental classical mm-hmm. music. Yeah. But at the same time. You know, I know that they know what cuss words are mm. because I've heard them say them by accident a yeah. couple of times. <laughs> um, but we've had the conversation. Oh, by about, accident? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, you said <laughs> what?
0: what time, <laughs> hold, on, I gotta tell you. This I'm story. not gonna. I'm not gonna claim <laughs> accident on my part. One, yeah, time, no. w- one time,
1: my little boy got in trouble because uh, he was at school and he called a little girl a bitch. I was like,
0: bitch? <laughs> oh, oh, whoa! Oh, dude, it's yeah, my a little hard boy, boy, boy. boy. But hold it's up, listen. Words.
1: But you know, you know, I was worried because I was, I was about to ask him, where did you hear that, bro? In front of the principal, be like, "Don't answer I, yeah, I didn't want him to Don't say, answer. "Daddy, I heard it. you say it." I heard it in one of the songs you yeah. listen to. He said, "One of my friends said." I was like, "Yes, yeah. yeah." Let's talk when we get home. But but we had the conversation about you know certain words that, yeah. are, that are used by adults that are not appropriate for children and things like that. So if we watch a movie, hit they hear a song with some cuss words. They know to the level of okay, those are not the words that I'm yeah. supposed to use in regular conversation, yeah. right. and that's going to yeah. get me in trouble. <laughs> so, so Joe, how do you how do you teach your kids to be diverse? I know that's one of the topics we you know discuss right. because I know I think it was my sophomore year in college. I wrote a paper about racism and interracial dating, mm-hmm. and I think I've talked about it on the podcast. Where all that semester, I I think I had like a 3.9 GPA at that point. I had made A's and B's in this class, but the first time I wrote about that paper in that topic. I got a D. And then she was like, I'll let you rewrite it. Then I rewrote it. Didn't change the content, really just kind of fancied up the words. She gave me a C and I was like, why is it so hard? She let me rewrite it again. She let me rewrite that paper three times. I never got higher than a C plus man. And it was because of, I felt like the content in which I was talking about. And the way I started my paper off about racism was like, how can we explain racism or say that it should be here when you could put a Two year old black kid, white kid, Asian kid, Hispanic kid, or a Mexican kid in a sandbox. They're going to play. If one of them falls and starts crying, the other one's going to pick them up. Like, it's the parents that starts to say, don't hang around Julio. Don't hang around, you know, Jeff. Don't hang around Brian, whoever's Mm -hmm. on this. Like, how do you teach your kids, or how are you trying to raise your kids to know truly what diversity
0: is and not just be using it like these companies are throwing it around? Right. The biggest thing for us has been. we have a very diverse stable of friends yeah. that they're around all the time, whether it's gay, straight, black, white, Hispanic, uh, Latino. Sorry, I remember that. Good save, good save. But, uh, but uh, we make the point to, we all we already had a diverse table of friends, and so we thought the easiest way to teach diversity is we normalize, it doesn't matter who you hang out with. You hang yeah. out with good people, regardless yeah. of skin color or sexual orientation. Yeah. And that has started to take root in the fact that she doesn't, she's three, she just turned three, but we're starting to see that she's not showing a preference one way or the other, she's yeah. just hanging out. And the daycare that she goes to, is she. it's a very diverse group of kids. And so we like the fact that she's around a lot of different people, a lot of different incomes, I guess you would say, and yeah. a lot of different just life experiences. Yeah. And the biggest thing additionally is to, this is the part that I struggle with, right? is. She's good, and I know my son will be good, and my wife and I are great. But we have family that are racist, and they mm. choose not to believe that they're racist. Yeah, and you can't. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's no, the thing. No, they, it's, they be yeah. knowing they yeah, are, right. and they'll be like, "No, I'm not." Don't. It's How like so offensive call to call me a white person racist, racist because, but it's like, yeah, go because ahead. They're, no, they're thinking like racism is on all of like everything is on a spectrum, yeah. right? And so. A lot of people, especially relatives that we have, are on the spectrum, and we they lean more towards racism. But they think if they're not putting on the hoods and lighting people on fire, they're right. not, racist. They're not racist. Like that's not that is the furthest extreme right. of the spectrum, yeah. and it goes all the way back in little comments you make about President Obama. Yeah, little comments you're making about the guy down the street. Yeah, uh, my grandma used to say her nurse that she had for years, she said, Lisa's so great for a black woman. I went, hold up, pump the brakes. What what did you just say? What does that mean? And she didn't consider herself racist. Mm -hmm. And so, what I have to realize is that every generation is trying to be less racist than the one before them, but they still need help. Mm -hmm. And so, the way I've chosen, because my wife and I got into this conversation the other day about how do you stop racism in the workplace? Like those microaggressions that happen in day-to-day conversation. And I said, what I do because of my privilege as a white straight male is when I'm around a group of white males and they say something about Usain Bolt when it was the Olympics or yeah. they say something about President Obama, I go, bro, are you really going to be like that right now? Yeah. Are you really going to be racist? And they're like, I'm not racist. And I went, that comment was racist. You yeah. might want to, might want to rethink that. And I do it kind of offhandedly, yeah. but I just lay it out there. Then they internalize it. And then I don't hear those comments before. And my wife said, well, they would just not say it around you. And I went... Maybe so, but they're thinking about it. If yeah. they're not saying around me, then they're thinking about it. And yeah. that's what I want. That's how you can affect change with these people who are yep. Holding racist. them accountable.
1: Right. Yeah. Holding yeah. people accountable is the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Because it's thing. like, I know I have a couple of friends that are white and I'm like, I would love to be in a room like a white dude and hear how they talk about certain things. And like you said, it's not always like, I'm going to use this. It's an explicit podcast, but you ain't got to say, like, I hate niggers or fuck niggas. You ain't got to say that, like you no, said, to be racist. That's extreme. You the, can be, you yeah. can, excuse me, you can be the type just like, I have a white daughter. I don't want her dating a black man because, if it ain't because he's a bad dude, he's a shitty person or whatever, then I don't fucking want to hear it because that's a prejudice that you're about to display. Right. The
0: biggest thing that we heard a couple of years ago, every setting was, hey, all lives matter. And my rebuttal every single time was, we don't act like they do. Yeah. That's right. When we act like they do, then they will. Then they will. Yeah. And, and then, then they would pause, act. and then they would move on. And I wouldn't hear that around the same person twice. Yeah. And so that's the thing is, yes, we agree everybody's life matters, but the fact of the matter is, we're not acting like that. Yeah. And until we do,
1: then we black can't lot, say yeah, that. Yeah. Exactly. And it's crazy because the only thing I hate, the one thing I hate, not the only thing, the one thing I hate though is when when people do talk about black lives matter and stuff, cause I don't ever really speak on that stuff, right. you right. know, cause I just try to avoid it at all costs. It's not my profession. It's not my field of expertise. I don't really have one. I just, I'm just a shit <laughs> talker, you just out here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like when, when it comes to, when I hear people be like, Oh, black lives matter. Like when it's white people, that's always like anti anything black empowerment. Mm-hmm. Or like when you hear some white people be like, why do they have to say this or that? Or like I was watching, it was, I was watching what TV show. I was watching a TV show the other day. And basically they had handcuffed this white guy who was a part of like one of those Tiki torch groups against the black lives matter movement. And they arrested the guy and he was like, um, why when I put white power on my shirt, you know, it's an issue, but they can say black power, black lives matter. Hispanics can wear whatever shirts they want or black uh, Mexicans can wear whatever shirts they want to wear empowering in their group. Why is it not seen as racist? And in my mind I was kind of thinking like it's not seen as racist because we don't look at ourselves as superior to anyone else we're just saying we want people to acknowledge that we have power right. we have purpose we have a reason to be here mm-hmm. and it's and it's an intentional reason and it's not a negative reason right. i just don't understand racism period because i'm like if somebody and i told her this before like, a couple years ago i said if somebody asked me if i could change anything in the world i have anything i want any amount of money whatever what would i want and i was like i would just want racism to stop because if racism stopped Everybody be winning Exactly yes. the money exactly. that they we watched Den the thieves the other day. And it's like a part where they getting rid of money like we already know the government gets rid of like a certain amount of money. They erase the bills. They, you know, turn it into dust and make new bills with 30 million dollars that y'all are throwing away weekly or monthly. How why not put that back into the community? Right. Yep. Why not empower people who are working these hard ass jobs? And give them bonuses yearly with stimulus. those old bills. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? With mm-hmm. with a yearly stimulus to people who are truly working. Not the motherfuckers living mm-hmm. off welfare. Not the people that are stealing from the system. But hardworking people like us that make anywhere between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars, but we still get fucked in taxes because right. we're trying to do right. We ain't got a shitload of kids. And like I told her, you get income tax back and I'm like, Well, I ain't getting <laughs> much back. But if I wanted to sit up and get a whole bunch of girls pregnant and then want to be with them and Put in it in for a check. I could get a damn near a pension. Yeah,
3: for real. Mm-hmm. For
1: real. So I feel like if you change racism, which it'll never go away. Sorry, white people. Sorry, black people. Sorry, anybody who thinks that is ever going to. As long as people are teaching these things, you can't stop people from teaching stuff. They got woods way out in Arkansas that you can't get to and stop them from implementing these thoughts in these people's heads.
2: And yeah, that so. goes to show how important it is what you pass down from it, generation it, exactly. to generation.
1: so important. <laughs> Like, that's why not to be funny, people be like, it's kind of go back to like Joe and, and him because from what he's saying, he's an ally. Right. So it's like it goes back to people being like, well, he's a white person. He's supposed to do this. Or you'll have that pro-black person to a fault that'll say, <laughs> well, your, your your oppressor can't be your hero. Mm-hmm. He ain't trying to be nobody's hero. Nah. He just trying to yeah. help change lives. Yeah. But some people are so far left, even black people, to where it's like, you missing the message. The point that you're trying to make and
0: where you're trying to go, but equality, you can't get there without white folks. Right? I think it was Dave Chappelle said on his latest special talking about apartheid ending and said that yeah. should have been the bloodiest massacre in history, and it wasn't nope. because Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela understood that the best way to make reparations is to work together mm-hmm. and bring everybody on the same level and then move forward. And we can't, that's what we as allies, that's what everybody is trying to do to get there and then, and that that's the conversations when I have very difficult conversations with people who are white, yeah, and they are uh, reason Trump got elected is because of black lash, yeah. You know, exactly. not backlash. Blacklash. That's exactly. the name of the podcast, right there. Blacklash. Don't forget that shit. <laughs> nice. And I know you listen
1: to the podcast I enough do. now to know <laughs> that sometimes it just blacklash is the name of the. podcast. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, I got Boy, you, Frank, man. you good I for something? I got you, baby. They say niggas ain't good for shit. Hey, who you calling a nigga? <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
0: Did I did use nigger?
1: the er too. Oh, so yeah, exactly. That's why I said. Go ahead,
0: Joe. Oh, my no, bad. No, It's okay. I was just saying that he got elected because people were worried that. Their status quo mm. was going to be upended, even if it was living in a trailer park, mm-hmm. barely paying anything. They thought that was going to be upended because of the races, the toxic yeah. racism that is given to them. Oh yeah, because Dave Chappelle was like, "He
1: ain't working for you, right? He ain't no. working for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> that's and, true. And, yeah. that's and you have stuff,
0: man. and you have to have the conversations with. And so there are some people I know that have come around. And I have to have the conversations and say, Trump, as an example, is not someone that's fighting for you." Mm-hmm. We, have we as a white people, have gotten a lot and taken a lot throughout our history. What we need to do in order to get ahead is to work with people. You can't cut people down to get ahead because that will only take you so far. You've got to work with everybody. And when you have the leader of the free world continually cutting people down in day-to-day, even Um, people that are his allies. On Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Then you know he's not looking out for anybody. But how ironic
1: is it that Republicans— because I don't want to just say white people, because it ain't just white people. Mm-hmm. Republicans want to put they. It's like somebody wants to be in power, and no, and that means to be in power, you have to be unfair at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I hear Donald Trump talk about all this shit, he talks about to make the country better. Nigga, if you ain't talking about bringing people together and making sure that everybody has something, it doesn't have to be a cap a socialist society, but it's like. If you don't if you're not talking about improving everything for everybody across the spectrum, you ain't making America great. Right. Exactly. America has never. when even when I heard America make America great. I didn't even think of Trump as a racist until I heard that because mm-hmm. I was like, when exactly. has it ever been great
3: mm-hmm.
1: when they when white when the Europeans came over and stole from the Native Americans or when they came to Africa and tricked us or in. Some of the black folks tricked themselves mm-hmm. and tricked other people and helped them bring us over here. Like America's never been great. Mm-hmm. It's this, this is the best time to be as rough as it is right now. Right. This is the best time to be because there was a time where there was no black millionaires. There was no black, no Hispanic or black. Uh, me- I got to get this shit. Get together. it right, man. <laughs> yes. There was no Mexican I'm gonna millionaire. I'm
2: going to this episode to Dr. Hill. You know what
1: I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but there was no other race that was really rich like that in America, like maybe in their own places, their right. own regions, their own demographic, but, but not America, here. Yeah, right. So for all of these people to be able to be rich, to, to create something, and mm. the thing I think that really scares the government right now and Trump is they see black people coming together. Yeah. Black Panther they caused that. Shit. Yeah. Black Panther people are seeing it as and a movie, but Black Panther is a fucking movement yeah, to have movement. DC Comics Wolverine and all of that and Black Panther first movie has sold mm-hmm. out everything by a black producer and a yep. black director and I'm gonna be honest with you. What did I say the first time I saw that trailer? I was like, mm, yeah. The graphics.
2: <laughs> yeah, such a critic. Cuz I'm a
1: cri- I went to school for communication and you know, our movie TV all that shit. So when I saw it, eh. I was like, I hope it worked. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But because it's gonna
2: work anyway. I yeah. think it's yeah. Gonna, yeah, it is gonna work. And yeah. then
1: as they get more money, the graphics and the stuff will mm-hmm. get better. But because of I, you know, because what I've seen from Spider Man and people who make the, it's like,
3: ooh, yeah, that's tough. DC.
1: But the, the you can't knock the power that's coming behind Mm-mm. it. There's a lot. Of you power cannot. Power and and when people get mad, like they were talking about, um, it was a group of white people. They were saying they were trying to pass something around on social media saying, oh, go yeah. to Rotten Tomatoes. And rated bad because every- it was at ninety nine point nine percent, and nobody is nobody's there yeah. besides Black Panther, and
0: the shit has not even come out. Wakanda yeah. on the rise. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I will not comment on how many people I know shared that. <laughs> really? I have unfriended quite a few people after that. See, yeah.
1: and that's the and that's the thing. The funny thing too with for black people is like we could go to work with white people, mm-hmm. and we and because black people have this, we befriend everybody, mm-hmm. and it it's almost a fault, a detriment to us. But we'll befriend everybody. And it may be a white person that they may they may not think they're racist because mm-hmm. it may be a black person that they actually like. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, yeah. when they as see success of black people, it's like, I ain't really feeling that shit. Yeah. And this I don't want to pan- participate. Yeah, in. this shit rubbing me the wrong yeah. way. We don't ever get to see those white people. They do the shit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many people I've had, like, white dudes listen to my podcast and then they'll say something to me on Twitter. And I don't even get it to it. I just be like, when they hit me in the inbox, I be like, nigga, unless you meet me, <laughs> I'm not even supposed to respond right. to you mm-hmm. because I address every race on this podcast. I don't hate white yeah. people. Right. I love white women. We know. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I have nothing against any of this shit. But it's like you white people, what gets me is the ones that talk on social media. Because they're not going to say this shit in your face. Just like I told you that time when I was working at Capital One and this white woman who was married was trying to get at me. Mm -hmm. And then I guess like her husband found like one of her messages to me on Facebook. And then he started saying stuff to me on Facebook, calling me a nigga, saying all this shit. And it went on for weeks. And I was just like, I'm going to respond this one time. And I just said, hey, brother, you can meet me at this place, at this parking lot, if you really feel that strongly about this. And I said, bro, I didn't fuck your wife. Your wife. Was emailing me. Mm. If you read our emails, you never saw me respond in any derogatory or mannish manner. You need to be checking your Manish. wife. This motherfucker said, I, "I know, I know that you tricked her or manipulated her oh, to say no, these things." No, and no, I said, no, no. "Nigga, she didn't get the dick because if she did, she wouldn't even be with you." <laughs> so don't try to make. I was like, "Bro, like you talking sideways. I didn't sleep with your wife, bro." But it was like, and it's like I've had white girl, white homegirls that's married to white men, and they're like. One of my, When I first moved to Dallas,
3: mm-hmm.
1: we were talking about interracial dating at work. And a white girl was like, my husband told me, he asked me before we got married, have I ever been with any black guys? And he said, I told him no. She was like, but he told me if I had ever been with a white guy, a black guy, and I found out about it, I'm divorcing you. Oh. She was like, what? And I was like, so you ain't never been with a black guy? She said, of course I have. <laughs> I just can't tell him. Right. Mm-hmm. but it's like why but why yeah. would you want to be in that that's what I'm, relationship exactly. That's, that's what I'm, exactly because for me it's Security. like if a black woman is a, with a white yeah. man it ain't gonna make me not want to be with a black woman if exactly. I really want right. to be with her not at all that has no bearing on it I tell the story all the time about seeing this white dude with this black girl in Foot Locker before I moved to Dallas and it was a white dude this black girl was so fine like <laughs> when he looked at me I said <laughs> Gave him the two thumbs up I was like, bruh, right. glad you found it before bro. me You're doing a good job right. Kudos Yeah man, cause I was I, I just, I just, For me personally, I don't understand it So
0: Joe You know, I did, I did want to jump in, sorry, before we jump to another thing I wanted to say one thing as far as mm-hmm. tolerance That I forgot to mention is that As far as setting an example, my older sister Who's obviously white She married a black man And so my daughter's older Cousin we call her Aunt Bree because mm-hmm. there's such an age difference. Because it was from my dad's first marriage, yeah. the sister. Um, she's biracial, so for us, it's easy to teach intolerance because she sees them all the time, and she—that's mm-hmm. the norm. Yeah. And that's the thing: is you got to normalize everything. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go
1: ahead and say this too. I think we're gonna roll it. We're gonna do another episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm down. <laughs> the reason I say it is because first of all, the people we were supposed to be meeting are not gonna be able to make it. This is an authentic podcast. Oh, okay. So they're not gonna be able to make it we're going to do our real spill and tell because I don't mind talking about Joe to his face. I can take it. And <laughs> He's going to
2: hear it anyway. Guess he what listens I'm saying. to every, <laughs> podcast. every podcast. And then
1: he'll also be able to, you know, chime in on family when we talk about family and different perspectives. Mm-hmm. The thing that you said your, your sister is married to a black man. Yes. I always, like, we always talk about black people mm-hmm. on the podcast. Really, honestly, what would you think? Who was that? Was that Mike? No, that was... Do you some, know?
2: Nope.
1: Okay. Well, at least he was respectful to shut the door. I don't want to lie. I want to push it I don't want to push it all the way up. Oh, well, Mike, Mike, got the Mike, he got the code, yeah, though, so yeah. you can push it all the way up. There we okay. go. So, did, when, have you ever felt uncomfortable around white, uh, black people? No. Where where, where are you originally
2: from? Did you from? grow up with yeah. around black people? Yeah. Okay,
0: that's, that's why. why. So, so, my dad is... My dad's a minister, and we can get into that later if we want. Okay. But um, <laughs> he is a sports chaplain. So I've been around oh. athletes my whole life. Yeah. He works um, for I'm going SC... to say only niggas. I play know. That's no, why no, I was about to say. I was getting ready. Come
2: on, Joe. There's <laughs> three of us are doing, doing I was good, like, too, man. I was like, he made it sound so good. But is that all we
0: good for? <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. <laughs> let, me, let me scrape that egg off my yeah. head. Let me take my foot out of my mouth. No, I was just saying. So So we would have man, now I'm just kind of all over the place. Nah, no. But, <laughs> no, so I grew up in, in in Bedford and I still live there and okay. so it's, my friend group is very diverse because that is a very diverse area yeah. of Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah. And then going to Trinity High School and then there's a lot of Oh, you went to Trinity? Oh, yeah, to yeah, Trinity. yeah, So okay. you was at the Football God yeah. School. Yes. I played hockey, so. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> you know? So just, just to wide it up a little bit more. <laughs> but, uh, no so I was around that in my day-to-day life around church it was a little bit more white filtered and then when my dad would take us to the games you know I'm seeing a lot of diversity everywhere and I'm not seeing I I feel it is ignorant as a white person to say I don't see color because you have to if you're gonna affect change. Bro, thank you, you for saying this. That when I hear white folks say that shit, I'm like Shut
1: the fuck up, you stupid.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm I'm it's, sorry. It's this bullshit. is real conversation. I call bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and I'm time. like, You
1: stupid mother I don't yeah, even yeah. gotta say you white person, you stupid motherfucker i, I you
0: stupid. And I'll die you know, I'll kinda go over here and say that the white people I know that say that are trying to be allies, but they are being racist in the fact that they're holding black people up as a trophy. Yeah. Like I have this many black friends right. or or this person's so cool, they're my black friend, like Okay, people are not trophies. Joe has to get at least a hundred followers from the listeners. It's, uh, no, it's yeah. just because they're gonna be like,
1: this nigga needs to be the spokesperson for white folks. You know how all everybody try people. to, you know how yes. to try to make black people like Charles Barkley and people yes. like that the spokesperson. Yes. They're gonna be like, make Joe Shaw the spokesperson <laughs> for Shaw. all white folks.
0: It just it pisses me off because no, you have to if you cannot see color or sexual orientation if that's what you're trying to do, yeah. affect change you can't affect change because you are blind to the day-to-day issues that maybe you struggle with or that people around you struggle with. And so you're not having those critical conversations. And so for me, we grew up and I love my parents and they are less racist than their parents, but there are times when I'll catch them and they'll say a comment here and there and I'll, I'll, I'll correct them to their face. I'll say that, Hey, you might not have meant that racist, but that was a racist comment. I need you to to rethink that. And To my parents' credit, they're very receptive and yeah. they work on it, and they're constantly working on it. And so for me, that was the normal was seeing people of all different races be my friends and interact and just all hang out, break bread together, and yeah. and learn and grow. And so, what and for are your me, yeah. I'm
1: sorry, what are your biggest fears as a as a white father? Because, and when when he finishes, I'll let you talk about yours because I know the fears have to be different yes. because I know for black families. Okay, so what do you fear about your kids are teasing?
2: Just about them not coming home or them because being caught what? up in certain situations because of their skin color.
1: What do you fear about for your kids? It's pretty much the same thing. More so for my son, but mm-hmm. also for my daughter. Just, but, but at the end of the day, the, the concerns and the fears are surrounding their race. Yeah.
0: What do you fear for your kids, Joe? My biggest fear for my kids is that they are going to become much more racist than me. I'm not racist. That was worded incorrectly. What I mean by that is that... I was about that, to say, Joe. To a hey, are you an Asian himself. or are you an ally? Don't make
1: me get a noose, Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but... Uh, um, nice. No, so I was... So what I mean by that is that I am doing a lot of legwork to help my relatives and my friends to become more allies and and see that we're all in this struggle together. My biggest fear is that my son is going to be on the front page news with a tiki torch. Oh, (laughs) that's what I mean by that. I got you. Or that my daughter is going to be like that in, in a different way or maybe in the same way. And I, it it would cause me to go, what have I not taught you anything? Like what, where did I go wrong? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, but that fear, like, my fear is not that they're not going to come home because I expect them to all the time. Right. It is a given and that is my privilege that I n- I know that they're going to come home and they're going to be safe for the most part. Um I got to be honest there was a lot of stuff circulating around about little girls being wooed into child sex slave and mm-hmm. that that is something that keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. But you know that is on a different level, sorry man. No, you're fine. That is on a different level than the other aspect, because I know they're going to come home. Yeah. That's just that's what I take for granted, honestly. But it's I worry that they're going to be different. They're going to be different than they're going to yeah. be different than um than who I am. You know what's interesting too?
1: I'll be honest with you. Um, when I talk to my when I talk about my kids and I think about my children, I know for me. Um, you know, I try to make sure that, um, because I mean, I, I've, okay, I'm pro black, you know what I'm saying? I'm a black man. I'm living in America. My kids, you know what I'm saying? We are definitely pro African individuals, yeah. but my concern in teaching my children that is that they get too far over to the extreme. You know what I'm saying? Pro black and or stage three, Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Black person. <laughs> You've been listening to that I episode. have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but just, just to the point where they don't see, they see themselves as, superior and then everybody else is inferior like that's a concern of mine because that's not that's not the view that I'm trying to teach but I think that when you expose them to you know the greatness of blackness I just don't want them to get the wrong message that okay so we are great and everybody else is weak you know what I mean yeah and I think that that's probably the issue that um we have with white people yeah I'm saying that white that white superiority so how how would you feel if your daughter dated a white man well, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Be would, honest, nigga. That's you know what I'm saying. It's, it would be a concern because yeah. only because of the stigma that they say, okay, well, if, you know, it's so general, but they say, oh, if, if a white chick dates a black dude or uh, uh, vice versa, I don't know what happens in the white community, yeah. but when black people date white people, like for me, if I dated a white chick, the first thing black people would say in a general sense is that, oh, well, he has issues with black women because yeah. he doesn't think a black woman is enough. He's like, enough. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like no, there's a problem. Like, he got no, issues with his mom just nasty. <laughs> To, I mean, and my mom is not nasty. Okay. Hey. Yeah. How but. would you feel if your daughter dated a black man? I wouldn't have any issue with it. You need to be At getting all. this. You see, you done dropped it. No. I need you on Snapchat where it's going straight on through.
2: <laughs> I'm on snap. I was just trying to edit yeah. Frank's part. Well,
1: just send that nigga shit and through. Then- <laughs> <laughs> and then we visit and queue it up cuz want to ask this own snap. Own oh, snap. We're going to put this, you man. on the word. Joe so real. He like like I feel I'm like Shane. Yeah. Okay, so, I'm ready. All right, you ready?
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so Joe, how would you feel if your daughter dated a black guy? I wouldn't have an issue with it at all because to me if mm-hmm. he's a good dude, I don't have a right. color I don't have a problem with what color he is at all. But I tell you, a lot of people I know, and this goes to like a stage three white person yeah. who has that white guilt, like too much of it yeah. to where or or they're like, I don't see color. I knew a, a coworker who was excited when her daughter brought home a black guy. Like she was excited. She was too That's excited. Awesome. Get out shit. Like, yeah, it, it is. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But for real, she was, and that was the point where I said I asked her, I'm like, do you do you view black people as a trophy? And she yeah. got highly offended. But that was the point, is I wanted her to think about that. Because and that's true. I said, is he a good dude? She's like, I don't know. He's black. I yeah. went, that, "That, that's not, you're losing sight. You're yeah. losing sight of the focus. Because every black dude ain't got a big dick. <laughs> so don't be like, oh, my daughter's going right. to be getting dicked, man. Like, <laughs> and who, and what man thinks like ask that? Some
1: black, ask some of these black women. I gonna go like, oh, these right. niggas dicks is not <laughs> a dick. That's a myth. <laughs> We've been diluted. Now, some of us do have big, <laughs> big dicks. <laughs> I was talking to... <laughs> I'll be honest. I was talking to an ex-girlfriend the other day. And she was telling me... She was talking about how she was doing a procedure. Mm-hmm. So before the procedure, and my ex is... Well, my ex-ex is... Hispanic, she's Puerto Rican and black. And she said... They wanted her to put a catheter in before surgery. She said she went to pull the sheet back and was like, I'm not going to do a catheter. <laughs> Basically, as... I'm going to make a long story short. She made me, I had to sit through it and listen to it over the phone. His dick was bigger than a catheter. So <laughs> even if they would have stuck the catheter in this motherfucker, it would have just been halfway. In. <laughs> so when she told the doctor, the, the surgeon, she was like, I'm not going to be able to do a catheter. He was like, why didn't you do a catheter? Uh, you know, so they started the surgery, the surgery, I forgot what it was on, but it was from like right up under his rib cage to like the navel. But, the doctor did something and like whatever he was cleaning up with, it whipped the the gown back. I guess the nigga had meat. Cause he was like, Whoa. She was like, he was like, Whoa. Well, I guess the myth is true. And she was like, No, it's true for this guy. Yeah. But, but the next black guy may not be that. As I'm listening to this story, I'm kinda like, How do you feel? Cause I'm pretty sure a catheter can go in my dick. <laughs> so I was like, this nigga must have had meat,
3: if he couldn't get a catheter in.
1: So it's like certain things, and it's crazy because working in the medical field too is funny because I used to work in the medical field, and I remember them trying to put a catheter in the guy, and I was, and it wasn't even like he was just an average guy, you know, average penis, whatever. But a catheter, do
3: you know what that is?
1: I do. Like it's like putting a straw uh, up through the man's pee hole. Yeah, bruh. Uh-uh. Y'all say you're here as a woman. I'm pretty sure childbirth is painful. You did yours natural, right? Yes, I did. But whew. yeah, I would like to change the subject, like right now.
0: <laughs> I can't feel everything shrivel, shrivel up. up.
1: Yeah, I'm you really about. do. <laughs> That's what I mean, But you, and I try to tell people too, a dick is an amazing thing. It's a lot of things. Really we is. know you do know that, bro. Yes. In the wintertime, if you have hair, it helps in different ways. If you don't have hair in the wintertime, yes. it can be different for you. Different. If you get in the shower or out the shower. Like and I always tell people, you can't judge a motherfucker when he's just flashing. No, 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 no. You can't. You cannot.
2: I was talking to a homegirl the other day and she was No, you really like, can't. <laughs> I was you talking can. to a homegirl He was, he was adamant about that What? <laughs> well, you know, cause will be honest
1: with my, my, my I mean, okay As Long as you
3: ain't got button dick. Do not. The
1: reality is I'm saying if I was one of them dudes, if you judge me based on that, then then you would misjudge me. And this nigga's African. That's what I'm saying. I'm African. He's from I'm Liberia. Know, yeah, you
2: know my shit. you know my you yeah. know.
1: And see, you know, that's the thing too, the dude from the story, he was African.
2: Yeah, you can't believe that. Yeah.
1: Though. But no. it's like um, What was I about to say I was about to say uh, Damn you had a great point too. Uh, Yeah I did no. I really did Cause I, I'm losing it Shit it's time. <laughs> time to chime in Joe <laughs> yeah, yeah Exactly uh, Hold on We almost done with the first hour Give me one second Hold on Let me check this Blacklash already. Cause I did I did have a <laughs> question for him Give me one second Sure Being a father and a So you know what
2: can I just say I like how they came prepared? They no, both they have did. notes. Niggas of any race. Frank came
1: in with his little pad. Have a little pad. And you know what? It reminds me of my mom at church. Yeah. Because my mom, oh my anytime God. when she was at the service, at the she was writing place. on the thing. I noticed Man, yeah. that she's been doing that since I was a kid. So and what Frank and like, I have not jo- seen
2: nobody do that. Since Wait, my you great can tell your story. Ring. Hold
1: on. As Frank, what Frank and Joe are doing is they have two, they have a pad a piece, and I guess as thoughts come to them, <laughs> mm-hmm. or they had something they may want to ask. Yeah. Like they, they, they're prepared. Mm-hmm. My mom does that. Like she, if she goes to church, or even if she's watching a television show, and that's where I get it from because you see me do it. Mm-hmm. We'll be watching a TV show, and like I'll have my pad, and it's like I'm like this podcast material. Yeah, but yeah, from my down. perspective, yeah. because content is king. Yes, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't understand. But see, the thing that I think the the funny thing about the reality is, podcast and not even just pumping it up or gassing it up. Literally, Don't it most up. of Talk the po- but no, for real, though, most of the podcast is not scripted. Right? Like you see me open my phone, but I'm really not past this point right. of the podcast. Mm-hmm. What that allows us to do is get people's real intentions mm-hmm. of the podcast. We were watching before Ar- Artiza came to my house this morning, but we were watching um, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. And it's this is guy what' is it, Bobby Light's, yeah. He's Trina's cousin. Fun. Okay. He's a gay loving guy. Loving hip hop Miami. Miami. Mm-hmm. All right. And one of the things that I loved about watching the interview was like how real he was in that interview. He's, in a, he's a flamboyant gay guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ain't nothing wrong with that shit. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, you know, he talked about how he didn't have his father in his life. And he was like, that's not why I'm gay, though. Mm-hmm. He was like, my father could have been in my life and I would have been gay regardless. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is who I am. I just wish I had my father in my life to where he could have been there for when I was going through these things. As people talking about me, mm-hmm. he would have been there to protect me. Right. Right. I'm come. I'm come from the country. I've said this before. I used to be homophobic as shit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I got here and realized that gay people are like my best fucking friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gay people are very supportive, loyal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They will spread the word, even from when we was watching. Did you have you ever watched The Get Down on uh, Netflix? Yes. Remember when they was talking Big about uh, that nigga may have black skin yeah. under there? You fooling us, <laughs> woogie boogie niggas? Like, like, <laughs> but no, it's like I mean, just this is the thing. If nobody takes anything from this podcast, men are Ortiz Talk all the time about maybe it'll work. Frank always empty. No, me up you like, say maybe. I no, say I do say maybe. I do. I do. He I do. It's that. me. Yeah. And Frank and other people, I was like, hey man, y'all are talking about real shit these are the type of podcasts and i told our didn't i say this yesterday i said i'm geek for this podcast mm-hmm. because to have a white guy who's open and willing to talk this is how shit changes right. how can we change if we don't even know who the fuck we talking about and right. we don't even know how they think mm-hmm. how can you some of the dalton my homeboy. shout out to dalton mm-hmm. he used to be my manager at my job he was a white guy younger kid and he always used to come to me telling me stories. Cause I worked for path advantage during the height of all this racism and shit mm-hmm. in America. And he was like, he always used to tell me about things that he went through from his perspective, how black people treated him. Mm-hmm. just cause he was white. And I think yeah. a lot of times we get so caught up in what black people go through that. We do forget that no. it yeah, could be tough for white too. people too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It ain't just, I mean, okay. You know, we talk about, you got white privilege and all of that. Mm-hmm. But how many times have I talked to and to tell our tease, I'd be like, being a leader is hard. So if you got white privilege, it's kind of like being a leader to where it's like you got a lot on your shoulders to where, not to be funny, if you, Charlemagne the guy says it all the time, if you are a white man and you're not making a certain amount of money or you're not a success, you fucked up your privilege. Mm -hmm. We don't even have that privilege. So it's like, how can you feel as a white man in America where you have these doors automatically open for you and you may not be as successful as you want to be? How hard is that for those people? Mm -hmm. But black people don't ever think about that shit. We want the crown a lot of times. Heavy is the head. The words that is the head where is that motherfucker? We know that. So in your situation, Joe, or, you know, situation, he's white. Situation, I was in I know. <laughs> in your, in, it being From your perspective. From your perspective. Birth. That's why people are on the pot. I literally <laughs> smoked a little bit this morning. <laughs> I don't know. Frank had a heavy hand. Heavy and hand. And Joe brought Speaking beer of, and I'm can drinking beer now. you pour me a drink? I got you. Yeah, get so, one of them Taco Cabana cups, girl. No,
2: yeah. I want you to. And see, we gonna
1: have. To, and see, the thing about it is, came my
2: own.
1: Our producer business. had to go to a meeting, so we really got to just talk straight through.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. You see, I that's why realize. I said there's he no was- need for nobody to get. It's actually perfect timing. It's good <laughs> that everybody else didn't come because we were supposed to meet some other people at two. Mm-hmm. It's good they didn't come because we literally got to roll right through this. He was like, "If you need me, just text me. I'll be right across the hall. Yeah. I don't even have Mike's number." Mike, if you listen to this podcast, nice nigga, I don't even have your number. That's my job.
2: I don't even know where Mike went. <laughs> that's my job. I have okay.
1: Because <laughs> so i was like, he, he talking about some te- text me. So we about to roll into the second hour. I was because I was literally gonna be like, we'll take a break. We can't take a break because I don't no, know. No, you
2: how. can take a break. It'll just be silence, and then you know how and you, you know edit when to cut it. it.
1: Yeah. yeah, he'll edit it, but yeah. you know. So, well, since we're going to take a break before we get to the next episode and we're going to do the real spill yeah. episode next. And we still have a few questions for, for uh, Joe, too. But, Joe, tell them where they can find you at on social media and yeah, podcasts.
0: Absolutely. So if you're looking for Detox Podcast, you can check us out, detox, D-T-A-L-K-S, podcast.com. And then we're at Detox Podcast on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, for me specifically, I'm on Twitter at detox, D-T-A-L-K-S, Joe on Twitter. And then at Joe Shaw O5 on Instagram.
1: Uh, Joe, before we get ready to queue up for the next episode, sure. would you ever date a black woman? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're married now. Well, yeah. My wife's going to like, hold, yeah. up. hold up. What the yeah, fuck do you that, mean? I
2: was like, you answered that too fast.
1: <laughs> Real quick. Yeah, yeah. That's what she going to say.
2: Yeah. But, if you, <laughs> but if you weren't single or if you weren't
1: married, like, what is it that. Okay, I, I'll, so, start, I'll start this okay, off. Sure. I'll, I'll answer my part and then I'll let you. I was going to say, what is it that you like or love about black people? And I'll start by what I like and love about white people. I love the fact that white people do give exposure. They expose themselves. They're very open-minded. Mm-hmm. That's why it takes me back a lot of times when white people are racist cuz I'm like as a whole white people are very not, not to be let let let's let's give a little white props right quick. Even though Columbus came over here and stole, that motherfucker did have the balls to go back when there was no GPS. <laughs> he didn't know how to get anywhere. They took risk to find somewhere. Mm-hmm. They found a new land even though they came and stole it. They found a new land and took a risk to do that. White people are very explorative. They're very open-minded. I've always respected that. Not to be funny, that's why when we go back to talking about white women and sex and being inter- interracial dating, and I tell people all the time, a lot of black dudes, is not that they don't like black women. It's just that white people expose themselves to things younger to where they yeah. early in life, yeah. to where it's like by the time they're 25, what you're learning as a black person at 45, they've been doing for years and that's what gets them ahead of the game. So I just respect white people in their ability to expose each other to new things, being open-minded, and the best thing that you can have as a friend is a white person if they're not racist. Right. Because they will go to bat, they will go to bat for you. They do know a lot of shit, they do have a lot of access.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and the, the sooner and
1: they, we quit thinking that of course, let's be honest, we don't need white people to be successful. We don't. Right. But does but it make it that. easier to have the access mm-hmm. to people that can say, this is a good guy, not a good black guy? Right. And that's one thing about white people. If they're real and they're not racist, they don't even mention your race. Exactly. You don't know these motherfuckers are black or, or Mexican until they show up. I dated a white girl. I went to her house. They played a prank on me. Her <laughs> daddy acted like, how dare you date a black He didn't even acknowledge me. Got in the <laughs> kitchen, talked to the mother. He was kind of like cookie cutter, making cookies and shit that night, and then the dad came in. He ignored me again in the kitchen, and then after a while, I t- I remember my the girl I was dating was Sarah, and I was like, hey, I'm about to get up out of here. I don't think this shit is,
3: I don't it's think not it's safe to up be in be here. This like,
1: <laughs> and before I got ready to leave, the dad was like, ah, I got you. He was like, hey, racist. He said, I just wanted to rough, you know, rough, mess with you a little bit, rough <laughs> your feathers, you know. But the best thing you can have is a white friend, if they're open minded and they're about change, Mm -hmm. and they're intentional. Not saying that white people are better than black people. Not saying that white women are better than black women. But if you could play a video game without the cheat codes and struggle through it, how great would it be to play a video game with the cheat codes, with the the extra lives (laughs) and the guns? All, Noah, the Noah, all, all the guns, yeah. Things. You ain't got to find all of that shit. You got it already. That's what Fucking allies. Zones that's, zone. that's how strong that is. Yeah, for real. Where are you at from social media? You already text Mike. Okay, where I can they find you at on social media? Black Ghost seventy five on social media, Instagram only, and uh, also MelaninOrigins Origins. Facebook uh, ain't letting this nigga <laughs> Facebook, live. That and I've been trying. <laughs> he <later>. lost <laughs> his privilege. Been, been, exactly, that black <laughs> privilege is gone. I've been, I've been trying too. I've been trying to get. It. They got some pictures of mine. But uh, check us out at Melanin Origins and that is on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Melanin Origins good book books. company. They're good. Yes, books. Yes, my Joe, daughter loves Joe got books. a couple. RTZ, where can they find you on social media? I know you're not taking clients. Yeah, I'm all across. But we still <laughs> gotta give you a shout out.
2: <laughs> all across social media and no That's K N O W A R T E S I A. Well,
1: I don't have my script and I'm not reading the script, but you can find me on Instagram, Sir Robert Poe. That's my personal page. Anthony Roberts on Facebook. The reality is I'm um, on Facebook, it, it, pretty much any social media website. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep up with the reality is, we about to revamp. Like, Frank, I'm so excited, bro. We about to level up. Can't wait. Artesia working on some shit. Poster Boy working on some shit. Poster Boy. Poster Boy, bro, you just make me feel so special.
2: <laughs> oh, he got the high
1: pitch. Poster Boy make me feel so special because the shit he does, like the graphics and anything mm-hmm. we put out is so professional. They're really I good. Mean, it, that's yeah. why I told him, because yeah.
2: the other day he sent us something so that I had requested, and you were oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, this looks so professional. It was so dope. I was like, you got a motherfucking professional doing it. I know.
1: That's why. Yeah, <laughs> man. Hey, a cuss, man. She's serious right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my mama, bro.
2: My mama was talking to me a couple weeks
1: ago, and she was mad about something, and she was like, I just don't... I don't give a shit no more and I said <laughs> I said mine. That's like the fourth curse word I've heard That's thirty-five for your years. Mom, Even
2: more so than mine <laughs> Yeah Cause I was like
1: My mama don't curse At all no. bro So again man If you wanna follow us um, You can follow us On The Reality Is That's THA The Reality Is you want to be on the podcast? You can email us by going to info at therealityis dot The funny thing about this is, we're about to do another show. It's going to be another episode just right after this one. I just want the listeners to know because sometimes they probably be thinking we doing shit like a week apart. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. What's that? Did you ever see? That made me think about uh, what was that? Whitney Houston and um. Kevin Costner movie Bodyguard Oh bodyguard My And dear. remember the guy Who had masturbated On the sheets He was like No <laughs> No <laughs> That's what it made me Think about But for real I Always remember man Y'all inhale Courage excel Success We about to roll Back into episode 171 But again It'll be Joe Shaw It'll be Frank It'll be Artesia it's one, We're gonna be a real Spill I Me and Artesia We're we'll gonna talk about How we met Joe How we feel about Joe We're we'll gonna talk about Family We're we'll gonna talk about Relationships And we're gonna get A little bit more personal We ain't gonna do Generic shit We're going to make y'all feel a little bit uncomfortable on this next hour. I'm ready. Mike, where you at? I'm not ready. You're going to be ready. If you ain't ready, you better get ready. Mike, where you at? Where's Where's Mike?
0: If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's v-o-k-a-l now.com.